Wolfcrack. Big dogs. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas, and we are about to recap every game. Every We're going to do every single play of every single game this week. We're going to go play by play. I'm going to be like, this was a nice play. He had a nice cut on this one. Poor technique on this route. All of it. All right. Like, it's fucking Monday morning. I'm on video for 45 seconds. Let a motherfucker live. So we're going to go game by game. Um, we have a problem in the E-Town get down. We have a big fucking problem. So as you know, I've been fighting for that. La- like, we didn't start off too hot, but I've been clawing back. I went on a three-game win streak. Um, Went on a three-game win streak, and I was sitting in fifth place. Only four teams make up. This is a 10-team league, the E-Town get down. Playoffs don't start this upcoming week. They start in week 16. So I clawed back into fifth place. You need to be top four in order to make the playoffs. I'm looking good, right? Like the points are there. The record's right there. I'm playing George. George is arguably the hottest team in the league right now. And my last four games of the year were against the one, two, three, four seeds. Good thing, bad thing. Strength of schedule versus, you know, control your own destiny. So I won the first two. Week 14 happens. I start off with Dalvin Cook. You know, he gives me that 35 burger. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling tight. I'm feeling right. I'm thinking, you know, I, I didn't go in. I wasn't like, oh, Dalvin Cook started me off. Nice. I'm definitely going to win this. Like, I honestly was like, this is probably not going to fucking matter. It's going to be a waste. Regardless, the game starts. And George just, you know, his entire, I think Austin Eckler was like the worst. Pl- oh, no, he actually started Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, who I dropped, he picked it up. But like the the one o'clock game starts. The only players he has going on one o'clock are like the Dallas Cowboys defense who got him like a 22 burger. We had Tyler Lockett. Dropped a fucking 42 patty, you know. All these condiments and meat slabs were going left and right on his team. Case in point, me and him are going to be by far and away the two highest scoring teams on the week. It's going to be one of those weeks where I have the second most points by a large amount, and I end up losing. And typically I'd say, okay, that's fine, but not when we're one week out from the playoffs and I'm on the fringe. So this presents a problem. Now, I will say it's not completely over yet. I'm down, I think, eight and a half points. I have Odell. He has James Conner. So while it's not technically over, it's legally over. Like, there's no fucking chance Odell outscores James Conner by 11. It's just not happening. I would need the problem. You know, it's the sick, fucked up, twisted part about it. You can be like, oh, what if James Conner, you know, James Conner can get conked up like on the first play of the game. And I'm still barely confident that Odell scores me nine points tonight. So that being said, though, with the high number of points I'm going to score, I think I'm going to move into second place in points scored. But sixth place in the standings, I play one chains next week. Next week's going to be electric. We're going to do a live stream as well. It's the last week of the regular season. I play one chains. I believe the winner of us gets a playoff spot. Maybe animal plays snacks. There's going to be six teams that are all within one game of each other. Now, I'm going to have the second most points, I believe. So if I beat one change, that's one team I hop. And then I'm going to need some combination of either like animal, Joe, or lunch to lose. 
So I think despite losing this week, because I threw up a staggering number of points, I still might be able to sneak into the playoffs in E-Town Get Down. I'm not sure. I really don't know. Anyways, how we doing? How we doing? Guys ready to jump into the games? I, You know what? I didn't pick an underdog pick for this one. Usually I start these videos off with, with giving you my underdog pick for the Monday Night Football. I've won like 15 in a row. If you go back to look at all of the last like 15 videos that I've ripped off, the live streams, I don't, I don't, when was the last time I lost an underdog pick? Long time ago, right? Pre-COVID maybe. But I'm fucking fire. They should hire me. They did hire me. They should fire me. So... Uh, I don't love anything on the slate tonight. You know, I'm seeing the board well, and I don't want to force my hand. If if I had to choose one pick on underdog tonight, and I'm not, I don't want to put this on the record because I don't want this to go against my record. But if I get it, then I'm going to be like, yeah, I hit that. Matt Stafford over 0.5 interceptions. I think Matt Stafford throws one pick tonight. Okay, let's get into the game. So you want to play a game? Share that. And let's start off with the one o'clock games. Uh, We had the really unfortunate injury to Mr. Lamar Jackson. Twisted his ankle, did not return after he did so. Now, the reports coming out are that it's a low ankle sprain. Some of the video kind of look like a high ankle sprain, but apparently it's a low ankle sprain, and he could certainly play this week, this upcoming week. That being said, if you have Lamar, you're probably going to need to go pick up Tyler Huntley, who it's hard to tell the difference sometimes between them, man. Huntley, Huntley's a Huntley's a baller, man. Huntley can play a little bit, and he could run, obviously, 6 for 45 on the ground. Same, you know, business as usual for Devonta Freeman doing okay, 60 yards basically every every other week he scores a touchdown. So uh, you know what you're getting. Not a high ceiling play, but he's got a really, really solid floor. Um, Baltimore plays – who do they play next week? Baltimore plays Green Bay. So that is a tough, tough matchup for Tyler Huntley if he does end up playing. Keep a close eye out on, like, MRIs today on Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews fucking explodes. So it was good to see a little connection with Tyler Huntley and Mark Andrews. The other big name here, of course, was Rashad Bateman. Now, a lot of people fell off uh, the Bateman bandwagon. They pretended to hold on, and they slipped right off, okay? Now, Rashad Bateman, my worry with Rashad Bateman for, like, Don, like I, I, who cares about him in redraft right now? You're not going to be able to trust this guy in your lineup, I love Rashad Bateman. He was, you know, behind Chase, he was my my wide receiver too in this class. And I still think he's the second most talented wide receiver in this class. He goes 7 for 103, you know, sets career highs uh, across the board in this game. Rashad Bateman showed why, you know, why people loved him going into the draft this year. He was so good yesterday, making unbelievable catches. My worry is that we're going to spend his entire fucking rookie contract being like, oh, are we ever going to get a quarterback that, throws in high volume or throws to him enough or throws the ball and you know like all those problems so I'm nervous that we're just going to see so much inconsistency with Rashad Bateman throughout the first couple years of his career I think he's a wonderful fucking player Um, but you know you can't really trust him right now in fantasy lineups despite the one big game he had here Cleveland side of things Kareem Hunt 
re-injured himself and looks like he's going to miss a little bit of time. Nearance Johnson, though, played the same role he did when Kareem Hunt was hurt the first time, and that was kind of non-existent. Um, what else do we have here? Jarvis Landry's becoming trustable again, I guess. Five for 41 in a touchdown. It's a couple big games in a row now. They were without all their tight ends, so this was like a big Austin Hooper hype week, and I should have fucking played him over Ricky Seals-Jones. Didn't do that, and it might end up costing me my matchup against fucking George. Fucking George. Um... But we'll have to see what happens with Njoku and uh, Harrison Bryant and all those guys next week. If you know if they don't come back, then I guess you can throw Hooper in there as like a low end tight end one again, who's just going to get volume that's boring as shit. But he'll get it done. Probably score another one yard touchdown. Donovan Peoples Jones. Donovan Peoples Jones had a big game, five for ninety on seven targets. These games happen with DPJ. He's a big player, big playmaker down the field. Um, but really, no one that I want to have in my lineup in, in the Cleveland offense outside of Nick Chubb and, uh, and Jarvis Landry probably at this point. Jaguars, Tennessee. Oh man, it's ugly. And ja- I'm going to hold off all, I will be holding off all judgment on Trevor Lawrence. Like until next year, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hold anything against him. He's playing terribly, but this whole Jacksonville situation is, you know, it's, it's the fucking gonorrhea of NFL teams right now. It's, it's something you just don't, you don't even you don't even want to whisper the fucking word in public. So Trevor Lawrence, not good. Uh, you're not starting anybody. James Robinson, I will go back to next week, strictly because they play against Houston. All right. So I don't even know if that means I'm excited about that. Right? Does that mean like 12 carries for seven for 70 yards or something? He's not getting involved in the passing game. It's fucking permanently Laquan Treadwell season, who was my underdog pick of the week, over 33 and a half receiving yards. We fucking hammered it, but you can't trust anybody in this offense. But I, I will start James Robinson as he'll probably be ranked in like the RB 18 to 22 range next week against Houston. But I think you can go back to him on the Titan side of things. Uh, Ryan Tannehill again throws for no touchdowns. He's just not getting it done through the air. Uh, they don't really have any receivers to go to. But running back side of things, we have Don, uh, Deonta Foreman who leads the backfield, thirteen carries, forty-seven yards, and a touchdown. Jeremy Nichols comes back. He gets most of the third and or fourth quarter work, and that's why his numbers are a little bit inflated. Um, but he gets eight carries, sixteen yards, not good. First game back since the concussion. No one really does anything in the receiving game from the running back standpoint. Now Dontrell Hilliard. We could say I was a little bit wrong on this one. I don't. I had a weird gut feeling that Hilliard was going to pop. He did the opposite of pop. He stayed very much intact. Uh, did not pop at all. So, that being said, going forward, Deonta Foreman, very much the guy to own in this backfield still. Uh, we saw what the split is now like in game scripts where they're not going to throw the ball a ton. They play at Pittsburgh next week. So, I mean, Pittsburgh's not really a defense to fear anymore, um, but they're not like a a rollover team at all. So Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, none of those are necessarily easy games uh, or easy defenses to run the ball against. I think you could probably put Deontay Foreman in as, um, you know, someone who's getting a lot of volume and, you know, every other other week maybe he gets into the end zone. So he's kind of like Devonta Freeman. So I think those two are probably going to be closely correlated for the remainder of the season. Uh, Low-end RB2s that give you anywhere from like eight to 14 points on a weekly basis. Julio first game back was very limited in snaps, still led the team in targets with six targets, four catch 33 yards, but nothing exciting there at this point. You know, he, you shouldn't have had him in your lineup. I think he was like my wide receiver 45 or something going into the week. Uh, he's completely un- untrustworthy. He's like snacks. So can't have him in your lineup. Can't have him near your daughter. Can't have him fucking anywhere. All right. So Julio Jones, 
uh, is someone that, you know, he's, he's, he's droppable in, in my opinion. Like if you need a roster spot and you have Julio, I'm completely fine getting him off your roster. Raiders cheats. Uh, it seems like the Raiders continue to string together game films in which you say, oh, this is a throwaway game. You know, this is a throwaway game tape film. Uh, we just move past it. But uh, eventually, when you do that 48 times in a row, like that just becomes the story of your season. So they get walloped 48 to nine by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it was just domination on every aspect of the every side of the ball, defense, special teams, offense here. Uh, Derek Carr is becoming unstreamable, borderline, just, just, just not good, not good. Uh, Josh Jacobs, this was my worry when I was trying to, trying to decide between my underdog picks. I was, you know, talking about Laquan Treadwell or Josh Jacobs. Now, Jacobs had been getting a ton of work because Jalen Richard's out, Kenyon Drake's out. He had the rushing yardage total at like 60 and a half. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this because he's been so involved getting so many touches, but it feels like a trap because, you know, if Kansas City gets that game script, then it's going to become one where we don't see Josh Jacobs involved on the ground. And another game where he was heavily involved to the air, six targets, five catches, 46 yards. So that's, again, encouraging. Um, you know, he started the game off with a strip uh, fumble. He lost fumble, went other way to the Chiefs. So it's like it was it was just not a good uh, ground game for the Raiders in this one. And going forward, they get the Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, and Indianapolis Colts. So not exactly a great schedule for them going forward either. Um. Josh Jacobs, I think, I know, he's getting the volume, especially in the passing game, so I think you continue to fire him up as, like, a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 and feel pretty good about it, as long as, like, all these running backs are continuing to be out. Hunter Renfro continues to be the absolute GOAT. 14 targets, another 13 catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. He's just, you know, you just get him into your lineup. We had a bunch of sit-star questions about Hunter Renfro this uh, this weekend, and it was just Renfro every fucking time. Every time. Get him in your lineup. No questions asked. Kansas City. Um, Holmes 258 and two through the air. The backfield was a little bit messy, uh, but Clyde did get in twice, which obviously uh, was sexy to your fantasy lineup. 10 carries, 37 yards, two touchdowns. Caught all three of his targets, but only one for five yards. Darrell Williams, again, more productive through the air. Three uh, three catches on his three targets, 31 yards, and gets the touchdown. So this continues to be a little bit of a backfield split. Clyde over Tolera is getting more of the rushing work, but that's kind of more of the invaluable rushing work. But I guess if this team is chugging along and the offense is looking good like we expected they, them to look in the beginning of the year, Clyde's getting those goal line carries, and he's looking he's looking good on it. So I think Clyde is um, a little bit maybe like a, a better version of, you know, we talk about Devonta Freeman, we talk about uh, Deonta Foreman, and Clyde's maybe a little bit of an upgraded version of those two because he's in the better offense with more scoring opportunities. But I think Darrell Williams should definitely be owned, should definitely – be held as a handcuff. Uh, I would not drop him, even though he might not be play playable for you at this point. He's one of those guys where, you know, if Clyde goes down at any point, which he's dealt with a lot of injuries already this year, Darrell Williams steps in as like a really, really solid uh, high-end RB2 for the fantasy playoff run. Nothing else really to take away here. I mean, listen, Tari Kill and Travis Kelsey kind of are what they are at this point. What's crazy is I've, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I feel like if you're a Tyree Kill owner, you're probably looking at the season as a bit of a disappointment. But then I looked at the numbers and I'm like, Hill's on pace. Hill already has more catches this year than he did last year. He has 90 catches right now. He had 87 last year, and he's only played 13 games. His 16-game pace, he's going to set a career high in targets by far. He already set a career high in receptions. Um, he'll top his receiving yardage number probably from last year. He won't set a career high, I don't think, in 2018 of 1,479 yards. The touchdown, even the touch, he had 94 yards on the ground. Even touchdowns, he's at eight touchdowns this year. Um, but coming off of last year where he had 15, it seems like he was scoring like two a game 
or if he didn't score the next game, he was scoring like three touchdowns, a little bit of a down year, I guess, for Tyree kill. He does have some monster games, right? The 31 point game in the beginning, the 42 point game, whatever, but it seems like he's a little bit more inconsistent this year. The chiefs passing offense has just not really clicked on an every week basis, but like, this is, I don't know, kind of what you get from Tyree kill and people like you're going to look at the end of season numbers again. And then you're going to be like, Oh, he's inconsistent. But like, guys, we play on a 16 game schedule where there's no chance at predicting any sort of consistency. You just have to know what the end-of-season numbers are going to be, right? And that's why you buy in. But look at it, man. He hasn't had 100 yards since week four, which is actually kind of wild. Yeah, week one, he had 197. Week four, he had 186. But since then, he's topped 90 just once. He's topped 80 twice. More often than not, he's in like the – more often than not, he's in like the 20 to fucking 40 range. But um, he's Tyreek Hill, so it is what it be. What else we got here? Um, who do the Chiefs play down the stretch? I got to stop opening this goddamn window. The Chargers next week, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. So not an easy slate of schedule uh, scheduled games either for them. But Saints, Jets, Taysom, <laughs> Taysom fucking Hill, man. This dude is going to give me a, a heart attack, bro. No one goes from – oh, I was about to make it. Thank God I didn't say that. No one goes from four fantasy points to 28 fantasy points as quick as him in the history of Earth, planet Earth. Um, what do you mean you can't see? Oh. <laughs> Thank you, animal. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. First. 
Uh, sorry. Okay, so Taysom Hill, yeah, breaks off that last fifty-yard run for a touchdown, scores another, you know, kind of like goal line touchdown to to end up scoring like 26, 28 fantasy points, something ridiculous. Didn't deserve it, but he got it done, and that's like why you play Taysom Hill. That's why you continue to play Taysom Hill. He does have a tough matchup next week, though. He plays against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who haven't necessarily been. Um, I just feel like they're going to come in and be able to stop Taysom Hill. Like they're going to know what they need to do. I'm a little bit worried about Taysom Hill for next week. I have a super flex decision to make in the E-Town get down Taysom Hill or Tua. Now Tua gets the Jets who, you know, Taysom Hill just absolutely sliced up like a fucking salmon filet. Um, So that'll be a decision for me to make. Probably hard to sit to it, uh, Taysom at this point. But like, man, he is so not good at the game of football. He's just a very good running back. Kamara, good to see Kamara back. He was my number one uh, ranked running back on the week. 27 carries, 120 yards, and a tugger. Also catches four or five targets for 25 yards. No one else on the Saints is even close to playable. No one on the Jets is close to playable either. Um, Michael Carter should possibly be returning next week. He should you know, go right back into that starter role. There's no one in this backfield that even came close to earning a role since he's been gone. I will be a little bit hesitant. I'm, I'm always hesitant to play a guy first week off of a high ankle sprain. Um, so with Michael Carter, you know, um, playing against Miami, Miami's been a tough run defense as well. So I, I'll probably look at him as a low-end RB2, uh, high-end RB3 next week when he if he does come back next week. But, like, you want nothing to do with anybody. Else. Like, Jameson Crowder should have had a good game in theory with Elijah Moore out, Corey Davis out. If Elijah Moore comes back, all right, actually, Elijah Moore's on the fucking IR, so I'm not even going to waste my time with the Jets here. Cowboys-Washington. Man, this was a game of just absolute shit. Taylor Heineke looked so bad. By far and away, his worst performance. And he, like I've been saying for months, he's just not a good quarterback. He, This is like the Gardner Minshew experiment, kind of, where like he makes some flashy plays and people like him and probably feel like he should give, be given another chance next year. He's just not going to win your franchise anything. And he's not going to show up in these big games like this. Um Dak Prescott looked awful as well. This entire Cowboys offense looked really, really bad. It's probably about time we start just downgrading them as a whole. For the remainder of the season, they are at New York, the Giants. They play Washington and then Arizona. So the Giants should be a get-right game for them, but, you know, it's an individual game in the Meadowlands. Like, anything can happen. Washington is becoming, a, a you know, a tougher defense, but they did just drop 27 on them, thanks in part mostly to their defense. And then Arizona's a tough defense too, so it's like, Cowboys, yeah, Dak's low-end QB1. Uh, Zeke is horrible right now. He is getting less work than fucking Corey Clement. And uh, Tony Pollard probably should be back next week. He was kind of on the mend this week. He was 50-50 to go, ended up sitting, so I'll have another week of rest. And then um, when he's back, I I mean, I'm probably going to play Pollard. It's tough to say. I I mean, I can't get really excited about anyone in this backfield, right? Like, I, I, I might play Pollard over Zeke. At this point, you're just like hoping Zeke rumbles into the fucking end zone because he's not catching passes. He had six targets, caught one of them for 15 yards. He's so slow on the ground. He's not making any explosive plays. So it's like, who do you want to get in your lineup? Uh, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper all finished with a fucking almost identical stat line. CeeDee Lamb at 10 targets, Gallup 9, Cooper 7. They all finished with between five and seven catches and between 50 and 60 yards. Um, Cooper was the one that got in for the touchdown, but like that's probably the carousel that we're going to see on a weekly basis there. So I think they're all playable. Obviously I think uh, Cooper Gallup are probably more wide receiver three. CD lamb continues to kind of dominate targets and target share in this offense. So I'm cool with uh CD lamb, obviously in your lineup every week on the Washington side of things. So Terry McLaurin suffered a concussion and 50, 50 chance for him to play next week. The 
football team plays against Philadelphia. And if he does come back, he will get a really tough matchup against Darius Slay. So that's a downgrade. Taylor Heineke did get banged up. I believe they already said he's most likely good to go for next week against Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia will be one of the, if not the top streaming defense for me, in my opinion, in week 15. Uh, I love Philadelphia against Washington next week with a banged up Heineke, possibly without Terry McLaurin. Antonio Gibson continues to fumble his life away. 10 carries, 36 yards. He got benched for the basically the entire fourth quarter. Patterson comes in. Jonathan Williams comes in. They split the carries there. Uh, takeaway here, I, I listen, like this is kind of probably like an in-the-moment frustration thing. The offense looks terrible. Gibson gives the ball away after Taylor Heineke continues to try to give the ball away. I don't think it'll affect the status going forward. There's no way Gibson's going to, you know, after how good he's looked the last few weeks, they're not going to start splitting the carries between him and fucking Jared Patterson and like uh, Oompa Loompa Patterson over there. And Jonathan, Jonathan Williams, who I don't even know was on the team right now. Terry McLaurin out. I mean, Cam Sims, he's four targets, three for 69 and a touchdown. He had the one big play, which obviously inflated everything. There's nobody in this passing offense I want any part of. Um, I started Ricky Seals Jones and like I had such a bad feeling in my gut. I was like, I really think um, he's going to absolutely donut for me. And we saw it right before Logan Thomas got hurt and before Ricky Seals Jones got hurt. Ricky Seals Jones and John Bates were like splitting time at the tight end position. And uh, John Bates actually out snapped and out ran. Ricky Seals Jones in this one. So Ricky Seals Jones becomes unstartable for the Washington football team or for your fantasy team right now at a, at a streaming tight end standstill. So do not start him next week. Falcons Panthers. Uh, yo, I absolutely, man, I want the old Cordy P back. I want the old quarter and the old Debo Samuel back, man. I don't like them being used as fucking featured running backs. Like, what is this? Why? Why is Mike Davis getting six targets and Cordero Patterson having one receiving yard? I hate it. I mean, I love it. I love him getting all these touches. I, I want him more. I want him in the screen game. I want him in on third and fourth downs. Like Mike Davis is playing all those fucking downs. It's making me upset. It's making me sad and somber and melancholy. And I'm fucking over it. What else? Uh, Matt Ryan. So Cordero Patterson, you know, does what he does. Gets in for the goal line work. Um, did get five targets, but like it didn't amount to anything. Mike Davis is the one who gets six targets, five catches, 42 yards. He's the one in on third and fourth downs, two-minute drills, uh, getting that screen work, which is super frustrating. Uh, but it, it's nothing like predictive here. I guess, I mean, he got a lot of touches, but this was a game against the Panthers where they kind of controlled the clock and the, and the game script and stuff, and they play at San Francisco against Detroit at Buffalo. So two of the next three matchups are ones where you're not going to be able to touch Mike Davis. Against Detroit in Week 16, maybe you can hold on to him for that, but like – it's Mike Davis at this point. Uh, Russell Gage, another like pretty solid outing. Four catches, 64 yards on six targets. Kyle Pitts gets away with a pretty long play at the end of the game-ish to kind of pad his stats. But Kyle, Kyle Pitts has been exactly what we've known him to be for the last six, eight weeks, whatever. He is like a low, low-end tight end one who will give you 10 points on a, on a good day. Um, so another disappointing game for him. Russell Gage, I think you continue to throw him out there as like a wide receiver three on your team. On the flip side of things, we do have some, some takeaways here. Um... Cam Newton gets like benched and then unbenched and then PJ Walker comes in and this whole Carolina team is just a bunch of fuckery going on here, man. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. They might keep platooning uh, regardless. You know, none of them. They're not startable. The only mm, Robbie Anderson. So keep an eye on DJ Moore. DJ Moore, 10 targets, six catches, 84 yards. Um, DJ Moore got banged up in this one. He had like multiple injuries, ended up like playing the whole game and finishing the game. But, you know, with these kind of injuries that happen on Sunday where players are in and out of the game. Sometimes they, they end up 
you know, getting worse throughout the week, like more swelling and more bruising or something. So it could end up being a problem for them going forward. So keep an eye on DJ Moore, because if DJ Moore is out, we saw some good chemistry with Robbie Anderson and honestly, both quarterbacks led the team with 12 targets, seven catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. We've seen him, him and Cam connect like multiple times now since Cam has been under center. And if DJ Moore is out like somebody, I want to say somebody's got to catch passes, but I don't, I don't even know if that's true. Uh, Robbie Anderson would be a waiver wire target for me this week in the backfield. Amir Abdullah actually out snapped uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, but it didn't really matter. It was mostly game script um, focus. That is why, but it didn't amount to anything. Chuba Hubbard had like a 17 yard touchdown run, which, you know, 10 for 33 and a touchdown, I guess, sort of saved the day, but he didn't have a single target in this one. Amir Abdullah four for 16 on the ground did catch two or four targets, but you know, Amir Abdullah is not playable whatsoever. Chuba Hubbard is a, uh, kind of a shitty, shitty flex play. The Carolina Panthers play at Buffalo, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. So really, really tough slate of games going forward. I don't I don't know if you can play anyone. Um, I'll play DJ Moore next week because there's no Tredavious White against Buffalo. But outside of that, I mean, it's, it's, it's ugly for the Panthers going forward. Seahawks, Texans. All right, so we, <laughs> we heard the report this morning that the Texans might not look at the quarterback position because Davis, if Davis Mills finishes strongly, uh, that's fantastic. I'm really happy for Houston fans in that one. Russell Wilson has a little bit of a bounce back game, 260 and two touchdowns. Biggest takeaway here and possibly the biggest storyline of the entire week was Mr. Rashad Penny. Set career highs across the board. 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. 47-yard touchdown to cap the game. Did inflate the stats, but even even without that, even without that 47-yard touchdown run, you're still looking at a, a 15 for 90 and a tugger. Um, so Rashad Penny, very, very likely the number one waiver wire pickup this week, man. Um, Alex Collins was terrible once again. So Rashad Penny, without a doubt, separated himself as the running back to own there in Seattle. They get the Rams next week. They're at L.A., so it's a super tough matchup. Chicago and then Detroit, both at home. So when I'm looking at Rashad Penny, I got to stop fucking opening that. When I'm looking at Rashad Penny against the Rams next week, uh, I'm not going to be as excited as everybody's probably going to get next week. Because who knows, man? Next week it might just be a committee where like Travis Homer busts off a 40-yard receiving touchdown out of the backfield or some bullshit like that. But you know, obviously you have to get semi excited about the game that he that he ripped off here. So Rashad Penny probably my number one waiver wire pickup this week, just because there's no one really that exciting on the wire besides him. Um, I would drop a pretty penny on him and I would use my my number one waiver wire priority because, you know, it's that time of the year where there's not a lot of shit to scrape from the waiver wire. Another really disappointing day for DK Metcalf. And honestly, if you need to sit him going forward, I'm completely fine with that because he has not not been good. Um, Tyler Lockett seems to be the guy. So I heard a stat this morning that like Lockett has, I think, 90 yards and or a touchdown in the last like five games in a row. I didn't realize he had been that hot and that consistent. Uh, recently, so Lockett five for one forty two and a touchdown in this one. Really, the only trustable player on the Seattle offense at this point. So you continue to fire him up, but yeah, DK Metcalf's like a wide receiver three flex play at this point because you know we could talk about how he has like weekly upside, but we haven't seen that fucking weekly upside in a long, long time. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, Houston side of things, Rex Burkhead gets hurt. I guess like the takeaway here is Royce Freeman comes in sees eight targets, catches six of those for 51 yards, also gets 11 carries, turns that into absolutely fucking nothing. Um, so he was bad on the ground. But if Rex Burkett is out, there's a chance that Royce Freeman 
gets himself into an immediate really big role. So if you're desperate at the running back position, Royce Freeman is a guy to keep an eye on. And the Houston Texans play against the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. And then they get the Chargers the week after that. So, I mean, the schedule is not bad. Brandon Cook's good game. Nico Collins, good game. But, like, I don't expect uh, Davis Mills to have 50 pass attempts on a weekly basis. So I'm not that excited about those guys. Good for Dynasty to see Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan continue to be involved in this offense for, like, future purposes, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't give a shit about them in redraft. Uh, yeah, so I guess the bigger takeaway here is just, like, Royce Freeman should be on your radar for waiver wires. This week, Detroit Lions. This backfield, this is a fun – okay, so they were without TJ Hawkinson. They were without Jamal Williams. They were without DeAndre Swift. And there was a random report that came out like before the game that Adam Schefter was talking about how he liked this guy Craig Reynolds in the Detroit backfield. Craig Reynolds is like an undraft. Let's pull him up. Let's pull this 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 man's up. There he is. Shout out Cutstown. 5-9-2-12, undrafted in 2019, 4-7-1. Good agility score. Regardless, he looked very good in this one. He was breaking away a lot of plays. And I actually think I saw a quote that was like, the way I feel about Craig Reynolds in this Detroit offense is, this is from Adam Schefter, the way I feel about Craig Reynolds in this Detroit offense is kind of the same feeling I got about Elijah Mitchell in week one in the 49ers offense. So if I were y'all, because we've heard the rumors and reports that DeAndre Swift is an IR candidate, they might throw him on the IR. It does not sound like he's returning next week. There is a good chance that Craig Reynolds is way more involved in fantasy lineups towards the end of the season than we are prepared for. 11 carries, 83 yards, 7.5 yards per carry. He was ripping off long play after long play. Only two targets, but two catches, 16 yards, leads the... Um, the running back group, I believe is the only running back that actually saw a target. So Craig Reynolds is a sneaky, sneaky, very much priority ad. Okay. Detroit gets Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle. Okay. So uh, Arizona's run defense actually isn't that, that stifling. I don't believe, uh, I think their pass defense is just way better. So Craig Reynolds is a guy, I'm gonna be honest, man, if you can't get Rashad Penny, Craig Reynolds, I think is my number two waiver wire Ed, and we have it up on the store right now. I put in the chart. We didn't do the entire write-up on it yet. If you're a member, bdge.store. Big Dogs members, go over to Waiver Wire. Recent article. Yeah, we put the new column up today. So I do have Rashad Penny as the number one overall Waiver Wire pickup for this week. KJ Osborne, number two, if he's still available, probably owned. Craig Reynolds, number three. Y'all can go subscribe and become a big dog member if you want to see the rest of the chart. But Craig Reynolds, yeah, he's my number three here. Um, DeAndre Swift seems like he's out for a little while. We'll have to, you know, keep an eye on Jamal Williams. Obviously, if Jamal Williams comes back, that would probably be a split between the two. But if he does not come back, I actually feel like Craig Reynolds might get a featured workload in this uh, Lions backfield. Let's see if we've got any updated, uh, any updated like injury reports or whatever. Fucking sad. Mm. 
Nope. Doesn't look like uh look like any big injury news. DJ Moore day to day with hamstring injury. Okay, okay. That could be uh That could be something to keep an eye on. Austin Eckler is fine. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the hamstring injuries can definitely linger. So so keep an eye on Mr. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson there on the waiver wire. Broncos side of things, more Broncos things where Melvin Gordon came bike. And, uh, you know, we were all kind of hoping. Well, I wasn't hoping that because I was playing against Jamonte fucking Williams, of course. And he just starts off immediately with a touchdown. And then another touchdown and just ruins my day, ruins my week, and ruins my life. Uh, but Melvin Gordon looked damn good in this one. 24 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Javonta Williams, two targets, one catch, 10 yards. And the touchdown, they both get in twice. Um, so, I mean, at this point, you guys should know this. Literally, I mean, Noah Fant is playable at the tight end position, but there's not a single other player in this offense, or at least the wide receiver group, that is playable in redraft leagues. You could say like Jerry Judy and PPR leagues, but listen, you can find – guys on the waiver wire that will give you seven to 10 PPR points a week. Like you can find that on any waiver wire in PPR uh, with someone that actually has more upside. Jerry Judy's giving you zero weekly upside right now. So I wouldn't roster any of these guys. I wouldn't play any of these guys. Um, yeah, but it looks like this split for real. I, I mean, I guess like you kind of could have seen this coming, like they were going to dominate Detroit and there's no way both of them didn't get at least 15 touches in this one. You would have liked to have seen Javante Williams kind of take over the backfield. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. But going forward, Denver gets uh, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, the Chargers. So no, like, really difficult matchups. Definitely not on the ground. So I think, you know, both of them can still continue to be started as, I almost want to say, like, top 15 plays. I'll, I'll go top 20, and there'll probably be at least one top 10 guy on each week. But, you, I mean, you start both of them with confidence week in and week out, obviously. Giants, Chargers, man, fuck the Giants. Fuck the Giants for being just the worst fucking team in the history of the fucking NFL, man. Like, you really had to give up a 70-yard touchdown with 14 seconds left in this first half? Like, was that necessary? There's no need for it. You stabbed me right in my back with a machete. Not even a dagger. It was a straight machete. You cut up my spine like it was a rack of fucking ribs. So stupid. All right. Anyways, uh... Can't play anyone in the Giants passing game. We obviously know this. Saquon Barkley, 16 carries, 64 yards, but he gets that touchdown in the receiving game. So three catches, 31 yards in the touchdown, which is like what we needed for him to get, what, like 17 points or something like that. Right now, I mean, listen, we know what Barkley is for the remainder of the season for this year, and it's not good. Am I worried about him long term? No, I'm not. Like, again, guys, this is a guy who went for 2,000 yards in scrimmage his rookie year. There was nothing working in their favor for this year. They have just fucking Jason Garrett as you know playing calling plays and shit um for a while obviously their all offensive line is still terrible all their weapons are banged up their quarterback like this was just another throwaway year for Saquon unfortunately things will get better for him I'm not you know I'm not looking to move off of him in dynasty or anything like that on the Charger side of things the biggest <coughs> takeaway is the Austin Eckler thing so he rolls his ankle and again, a lot of the Twitter doctors are saying it's a high ankle sprain, but they're, they're coming out and saying it's fine. They play Kansas City on Thursday nights. That's that's That could be the problem here. They play Kansas City on Thursday night. So super quick turnaround for this ankle sprain. If it's anything more than an extremely, extremely minor low ankle sprain, there's a decent chance Eckler misses this game. The problem becomes what happens behind Austin Eckler. You have Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly splitting work evenly. 
Nine carries for Justin Jackson, 35 yards. Ten carries for Josh Kelly, 33 yards. Justin Jackson, one catch on one target. Josh Kelly, one catch on one target. It's anyone's guess. What I think will happen is we will see Josh Kelly occupy the early down work for the most part and goal line work. Justin Jackson will split early down work and get more of the pass catching work. It could be a situation. It's going to depend what happens on the goal line. One of these guys can get in. The other guy can maybe not get in. I could see, you know, Justin Jackson catching four passes for 35 yards. Josh Kelly going 10 for 40 with a touchdown on the ground. Really hard to get excited about either of them, but like you want some piece of the Chargers backfield if Austin Eckler is out. Personally, I like Justin Jackson more. Uh, I'm not going to go out and blow way more fab on Jackson than it is Kelly because it's kind of a dice roll at this point. Josh Kelly is just not good at football. It's very, very clear. He's just not a good running back. And if they try to force Larry Roundtree into this mix, that's an even bigger problem because he's just a worse version of Joshua Kelly. So if I'm going to spend on the Chargers backfield, it's not going to be a lot, and it's basically going to be whoever's cheaper, but I will go for Jackson first if I have to put in like a waiver bid on the priority order. But you're clearly seeing by the box score here once Austin Eckler went out that they're very, very, they're very, very set on just having this as a complete backfield timeshare. Receiving side of things, hard to take away anything predictive from here. It was a disappointing game from Mike Williams. Uh, Jalen Guyton and Joshua Palmer, both who got some buzz this uh, this week because Williams and Keenan Allen were both possibly going to miss this game. So you had Jalen Guyton with the big touchdown catch. Uh, I don't know how predictive that obviously is. Joshua Palmer a lot more involved, a lot more like the possession type. But as soon as Keenan Allen comes back, which he should be for their Thursday night game, you know, it's hard to put either of these guys into your lineup. So I probably won't be suggesting either of them for this upcoming week, unless for some reason, Keenan Allen misses this upcoming game again. If that's the case, I like Joshua Palmer more than I like Jalen Guyton. 49ers and Bengals. This was a pretty wild game. It was a fun one. Um, it was a fun one. As long as you did not start Jeff Wilson or Joe Mixon or Tyler Boyd or a lot of fucking players actually. Okay. So, Jimmy G, 300 yards, two touchdowns. Honestly, by all accounts, it's a pretty fine fantasy day. Jeff Wilson gets the backfield work, 13 carries. Uh, Debo Samuel played the second running back role as he typically does. It's starting to become a problem because he's not getting any targets whatsoever. He's like a lower volume quarter all pat. He's like a he's like a better quarter all Patterson, but a lower volume one, unfortunately. Uh, eight carries, 37 yards, and he touched down. Again, one target, one catch, 22 yards. Now, over the last like three, four games, he's been getting these. It's all he's getting. It's like one target a game. Um probably because of the lack of confidence in the backfield when Elijah Mitchell is back. If he is back next week, which is not a given by any stretch of the imagination, Debo Samuel will probably go out and play more of a wide receiver role as he's getting a little bit more healthy from the groin injury as well. Um, but as, if Elijah Mitchell's out, then we're going to continue to see Debo play that running back role. And he's probably not like a wide receiver one anymore. George Kittle goes fucking nuts. Brandon Ayuk ends up with a good game. Six for 62 and a touchdown. He has that walk off touchdown. Of course, and he missed another touchdown by a few inches. So he could have had an even bigger game. Um, but, you know, as long as Debo Samuel's playing running back, like Brandon Ayuk can very, very much be trusted as the top wide receiver in this offense and as a pretty solid wide receiver, too, in fantasy overall. Uh, the Niners play the Atlanta Falcons next week and then Tennessee and then Houston. So they have such a beautiful slate of games. It's such a shame that Elijah Mitchell is missing this time. If, uh, if Mitchell can't go, honestly, I put Wilson back into the lineup just because he's getting the most carries and he will start getting goal line work when they get down there. 
13 carries. Jamichael Hasey didn't have any carries in this one. Three three catches on three targets for 10 yards. So it's like Hasey's obviously unplayable. But if Mitchell misses again against Atlanta at home, like that's such a good game script game for uh, for Jeff Wilson, who I, you know, he'll get 15 carries and maybe he'll turn one into a touchdown. So I don't think I would drop him yet. Uh, but if Elijah Mitchell plays in fucking RB1 season, Cincinnati, Burrow, Mixon, P. Ryan, um, you know, more of the same. Higgins, five for 114. He's been exploding over the last few weeks. Jamar Chase, five for 77. Dude, Jamar Chase is. Uh, I don't even know what the right word. I want to say roller coaster. I want to say schizophrenic. I want to say just like so much fun. He's so fucking good. He he's so bad at times and so good at times. His his goods so far outweigh the bad. Like he just has so many ridiculous drops that that like fucking Juwan Jennings makes on a normal basis. Drew Sample makes on a normal basis, but Jamar Chase just drops them sometimes, and then he makes these unbelievable like body twisting contortion plays where he's like looking at the ball last minute. It's over his back shoulder. And you're like, yo, this is on, this kid is going to be such a problem in the NFL for such a long time. Um, and those so far outweighs the, 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 the downside of course. So Jamar chase has this big explosion game, which we've been waiting on for, for a minute now, but him and Higgins, you know, again, keep continue rolling them both out as top 15 plays mixing, Disappointing game. Didn't get into the end zone. Breaks that nine-game streak of touchdowns. Again, not involved in the passing game, which is like what I've become to uh, expect. Samaji P. Ryan uncomfortably involved. Could be something to do with the illness. You know, he came into the game sick, so maybe they just didn't want to overuse him, but that's a dumb fucking excuse considering he got 20 touches, and if they thought... It's like, why is why is, why is is like P. Ryan... Why is he pass-catching P. Ryan? Like, Samaji fucking P. Ryan, this like sluggish old shitty running back like why is why are they forcing him into the Gio Bernard role I don't understand it I'll never understand it it'll be one of the great mysteries of the 2021 season but lo and behold here we are Cincinnati gets Denver Baltimore Kansas City over the next three weeks so you know whatever it's you know you're not sitting mixing anyways but Bills Buccaneers this is a fun one Josh Allen has minor turf toe uh from everything I have seen consumed researched he should be fine for next week if you own him i would not be uh too worried about it obviously the rushing upside might come i didn't realize he went for over 100 yards in this game and a touchdown on the ground sheesh um so josh allen i'm not worried about his week 15 status so you can take a breath of relief if you do have mr josh allen Receiving side of things, Diggs, you know, more of more of what he does, 7 for 74. Sometimes he scores a touchdown, sometimes he doesn't, but he's in your lineup every week. One of the bigger takeaways here is Emmanuel Sanders gets hurt, leaves at, at like halftime-ish, and does not return. And this opens up the passing game to guys like Gabriel Davis and, you know, Cole Beasley got way more involved. And this is like kind of like a zone defense, so that's where guys like Cole Beasley gets to take advantage of it. Um, he's been so up and down, though, that I don't really feel comfortable putting Beasley into my lineup. But Buffalo plays against the Carolina Panthers, who are not a rollover defense by any stretch. Uh, so, you know, Gabriel Davis is definitely a waiver wire pickup for me. He's a downfield playmaker. He'll probably take over whatever Emmanuel Sanders' role was if uh, Sanders misses time. So Davis, if he's on your wire, I guess Cole Beasley is interesting again uh, if he's on your wire because anytime they can start to condense this target fund a little bit, it ends up paying dividends for basically everyone involved, as you can see. Diggs, Beasley, Dawson Knox, Gabriel Davis, all involved, uh, you know, for fantasy purposes. Backfield, I'm not going to waste my time trying to guess who's back there. Just don't play anyone in Buffalo. 
Tampa Bay, Brady, 363, two touchdowns, gets in on the ground as well. Leonard Fournette, top five fantasy back going forward as per usual. Chris Godwin, another 15-target game, 10 catches, 105 yards. Just business as usual all around for Godwin, Evans, and Gronk. You just want them in your lineups week in and week out. Antonio Brown, so I got a lot of questions about Antonio Brown. Here's, I guess, what I'm looking at. I, I suppose he'll be healthy when his three-game suspension is up in week 16, and they haven't cut him or released him yet. So that tells me that they're probably going to hold on to him, all right? So if you have room on your bench, pick him up, I guess. The only problem is, like, when he comes back, you're probably not comfortable putting him into your lineup. He'll probably be, like, the wide receiver 35-ish, 36, 8, somewhere in that fucking range. So it's not even like you're jumping to get him to your lineup because you kind of want to see what his role is when he comes back to the team if they let him come back to the team right away. So it's like, you know, probably not comfortable week 16 and then you're like okay week 17 then he's finally back so you're you're letting him kind of fester on your bench for a minute if you are going to pick him up that's my take on the situation with antonio brown not dying to get him back to my onto my uh roster it's kind of more of a luxury thing at this point but do with that what you may sunday night football bears packers this is a fucking nutty game a lot of special teams and defensive shits going on here um takeaways 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 Honestly, really nothing from Chicago. David Montgomery, I feel like David Montgomery goes 10 for 42 every other week on the ground. Like, this is his very typical box score. I don't think we have any injuries or anything. Uh, super disappointing game for Mooney, uh, Allen Robinson. Honestly, this is a huge game for Allen Robinson. Two for 14. Fucking, let's clap it up. Inspiring stuff for Allen Robinson. He shot. I don't, I don't know why he would be owned by anyone, but if he was, drop his ass. Cole Komet, another disappointing game. Just a disappointing game from Justin Fields in the passing side of things because the Packers have a very, 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 very good pass defense. Okay, um, that should not be taken for granted when you are streaming their team. I stream them in a lot of leagues. It's crazy because they give up thirty points, but still ended up with like fourteen or fifteen fantasy points. So you love to see it. Devontae Adams. Monster game. Alan Lazard, I guess, looks like he's the wide receiver too, which is super disappointing because MBS, I was I was excited about, had 19 targets over the last two weeks. And you think coming off the bye, you know, they're going to be nice. They're going to get him involved, take some shots downfield. Not the case. Three catches, 20 yards when Lazard goes six for 75 and a touchdown in this one. Backfield, A.J. Dillon has three times as many carries as Aaron Jones does. I think this was more of like, a, you know, game got away from them in the third quarter and let us kind of just like, throw Dylan into the defense over. And, you know, this is like that December football. Get them thick fucking thighs running up the middle and just dominate the defenders. And this might just be what we're going to see going forward. Um, Aaron Jones, 5 for 35, but he scores twice. So, obviously, you know, you're fine with it for fantasy purposes, 3 for 30 through the air. But as we saw on Twitter, I think someone here had the snap counts up. Where art thou? Snaps, A.J. Dillon, 54, Aaron Jones, 45, routes, Jones, 50% of them, Dillon, 25% of them, carries 15 to 5, Jones, 3 to 0. So this could really, really be their 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 role. I think like when the game script favors uh, the passing game a little bit more, I think we'll see some big fucking games from Aaron Jones down the stretch here. So I'm not really like too worried about it. Like, yeah, it's, it's clearly a fucking strong committee at this point. A.J. Dillon has earned that. Um, so maybe Jones doesn't have the weekly upside of going off like 30 points that he, you know, had given us at, at one point or another in his career. So it's kind of unfortunate, but 
you know, I, I think you just continue firing up Aaron Jones as a, as a low end RB one and Dylan can be used as a flex play. The only problem is like, this is probably what you're going to get from Dylan 15 for 70 on the ground. If he's not involved in the passing game, then you're just hoping for a touchdown. Otherwise he kind of uh, gives you a dud on that side of things. All right. Make sure you go pick up Craig Reynolds. Bitch. How are we? Hello, hello. I'm concerned. I'm concerned about you, Swaggy P. Swaggy P. Ryan's 26. Yeah, it's not what his fucking hairline says. Hello, Nicholas. Hello, Nicholas. Oh, my goodness. What else are we concerned about? How's everybody doing? How was your guys' weekend? Pie or cobbler? Uh, Definitely pie. There's a lot of different varieties of pie. Pumpkin pie, pecan pie. Uh, most overrated pie by far is apple pie. It has to be done so well. Like The crust has to be absolutely perfect. And... Uh, you know what it is? Like most of them just put these chunks of apples that are like the size of this shit. I'm like, dog. If I wanted to choke. Actually, I was about to say some super sus shit. Um, yeah, no, we're just going to not do apple pie. Up by one, I got Murray and Connor going against Stafford and Beckham half PPR. Do I win? That should be a fucking terrible game to watch for you. The amount of anxiety you're going through. Honestly, don't watch that game. Or make sure you got Xanax on deck. Did you watch the Grey Cup? Uh, no, I did not. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know what the Grey Cup is. It's probably not the answer I should have said. I probably sound like a moron. Pecan pie is S-tier. What does S-tier mean? You're taking George Kittle over Kelsey rest of the season? Uh, yeah, I think you kind of have to at this point. Zeke next season. Uh, no. Well, I guess like depends where he goes. Um, we did our first best ball draft last week doing a 2022 best ball draft. And I want to say Zeke fell to the third round. I don't know, dude. I, I have a hard time. I, I, I'm probably going to be passing on Zeke in most spots next year. I think it's got to be Renfro, dude. It's got to be Renfro over Pittman rest of the season, especially in a full PPR league. You're getting like a floor of eight points off the rip just, just in terms of catches. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, that will end thy broadcast. Thank you for hanging around with me. If you want to go play some uh, some some prop bets, over-unders, pick'ems, whatever, 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 underdog has you covered. And if you use the promo code BDGE on your first time depositing, you're going to get a 100% deposit match. 
Okay. And if you want the waiver wire sheet, that will be up bright and early tomorrow morning, as will the waiver wire um as were the waiver wire video tomorrow, 5 a.m. Where's hairline? Pirano doesn't even fucking have a hairline at this point. He's growing crops on his head. Do you think playing my projected less players to take a loss so it sets me up for a better playoff matchup is wrong? Commission went in and readjusted my lineup out. No, that's your commission not be able to fucking your commission is an asshole. You should be able to do whatever you want. You want to put in worse player? I think it's a corny move on your part, but I don't think it's illegal. You should try to set a winning culture in your locker room. But no, your commissioner should not be able to go in and readjust your fucking lineup. That's bullshit. So Gabriel Hammer, give give your commission the fucking hammer. Go over to his house real life. Hammer that shit into his shoulder. All right, I'm out. I love y'all. Make sure you hit the thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you're new. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.